I'm Carl McCollman. I am Kevin Johnson. I'm Cassidy Hall, and we are Encountering Silence. Encountering Silence is made possible by listeners like you. Please visit www.patreon.com slash encountering silence. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash encountering silence to learn more about how you can be a part of the circle and share in our efforts to bring silence into our all too noisy world. Today on Encountering Silence, we're having another special holiday type episode. Now, I say that in such a way because we're kind of encountering holidays of paradox, which fills me with great joy because I found so much truth within paradox. As you all well know, Ash Wednesday falls on Valentine's Day, and Easter falls on April Fool's Day. With this in mind, we hope to explore the truth found within paradox, the truth found in the impossibility of naming silence, despite the fact that we do. The ways in which we can encounter silence on these days is something else we hope to address in this. So as we dive into this, the elation of celebrating love on Valentine's Day, alongside the remembrance that we are but dust on Ash Wednesday, and how that really connects us to the depths of loneliness so many face on something like Valentine's Day. And we also will uh, further explore some Lenten practices and, and some ideas that we've had for Lent and silence in our lives this year. But first, let me begin with a poem by Jan Richardson from The Circle of Grace, A Book of Blessings. In this poem, titled Blessing the Dust, for Ash Wednesday, she dives into just an an interesting exploration of Ash Wednesday and holding it in in this space of paradox. All those days you felt like dust, like dirt, as if all you had to do was turn your face toward the wind and be scattered to the four corners, or swept away by the smallest breath as insubstantial. Did you not know what the Holy One can do with dust? This is the day we freely say we are scorched. This is the hour we are marked by what has made it through the burning. This is the moment we ask for the blessing that lives within the ancient ashes that makes its home inside the soil of this sacred earth. So let us be marked not for sorrow, and let us be marked not for shame. Let us be marked not for false humility or for thinking we are less than we are, but for claiming what God can do with the dust, within the dirt, within the stuff of which the world is made, and the stars that blaze in our bones, and the galaxies that spiral inside the smudge we bear. So with that being said, team, I would love to talk with you guys a little bit about paradox. How do we hold the paradox and honestly the humor of, of these holidays that we're kind of encountering? It's, it's hard for me to not laugh when I think of Valentine's Day being the same day as Ash Wednesday and April Fool's Day landing on Easter. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect, isn't it? It's wonderful, actually. I love it. Wish it was well, every year. <laughs> Well, let me jump in by sharing with you something that one of the Trappists in Conyers told me years ago. And I don't know if he does this or if he just thought about doing it. But, you know, when the 
when the, when the imposition or imposition of ashes, ashes on Ash Wednesday, the saying is, you know, remember you are dust and to dust you shall return. I think that an alternative of that is repent and believe the gospel. But um, mm-hmm. what this particular monk would say is remember that you are dust, destined for divinity. Mm. Uh, wonderful. Remember that you are dust, destined for divinity. And so aside from having kind of a nice alliterative ring to it, there is both theological truth there and paradox. Right? Mm-hmm. Tend not to put dust and divinity together. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this idea that in, in our dustiness we find even if it's lying asleep awaiting resurrection, nevertheless, we find the fullness of divinity is something I think worthy of reflection on. To bring that back to silence, I think one of the paradoxes there is that we talk about God in the Christian tradition. We talk about the word of God, that God created with word, let there be light that Jesus is the Word. And then we also have this tradition that goes back into the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament, that that silence is praise and that that being still is a way of knowing God. So we have Word and then we have silence. And again, those two seem to be opposite one another. Mm. And isn't that the paradox of, of our podcast? And I think you've already alluded to this, Cassidy, the, the audacity of naming silence. Mm-hmm. The audacity of talking about silence. We've we've all had people laugh, you know, when we've been telling friends, yeah, I'm doing a podcast about silence. And, you know, <laughs> some wise guy says, so it's going to be 30 minutes of silence, right? You know, that's an easy podcast to record. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And the truth of the matter is it is 30 minutes of silence. We just happen to be talking over the silence or Amen. in the silence. Amen. Touche. So yeah, so I, I I don't have any you know real brilliant insights for you except that you know we are dust destined for divinity, mm. that the word is in the silence and silence is in the word, you know this is the beauty of paradox is that what is it that was it Bohm who said the opposite of one truth is another truth, and so the idea that each truth that that you know on the surface they seem to pull apart. But each truth is somehow hidden in the other truth. Right. And I think that that's something that, that this, you know, that we talk about the joy of the joy of Valentine's Day and then the fasting of Ash Wednesday. I mean, there's a, you know, here's the joke. Somebody gives you a box of chocolates on Ash Wednesday and you say, thank you so much. And on April 2nd, I'm going to really enjoy these. Right. You know, or, or, you know, if, if your Lenten observance isn't that rigorous tomorrow, I'm going to enjoy these. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. And and yet the, there it is. And yet what happens if you do eat a piece of chocolate on Ash Wednesday? So you've thrown your Ash Wednesday fast out the window. Well, okay. I'm a catechist. I, I, I guess I, I have to acknowledge that that's not what we teach, but it's life. It's real. Well, I had know? no intentions of fasting at all. So, okay. But, you know, <laughs> Are you going to well, slow it's, it's, instead? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, and 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 the the ang you know in the Anglican tradition the Ash Wednesday may not be considered quite the same kind of fast that it is in the in the Roman Catholic tradition. So there is also that. But but yeah, you know, in in 
in Roman Catholicism, for lay people, Ash Wednesday and Good Friday are considered to be fast days. The monks only do bread and water right. on Ash Wednesday. Mm. Right. You know, so mm. there's so yeah, so it's not a fast in terms of like like a Ramadan fast where you eat nothing. But it's but it's a, I guess a more more technically correct term is abstinence. Right. You know. Mm. Bread mm. and water. You know? And I think for lay people it's even one one small meal or maybe maybe, you know, two very small meals or something, you know. So it's again, you're allowed to eat eat something, but there is this idea of being sacrificial. And then Valentine's Day, where you know, it's about love and God is love. So how can we how can we say no to that? How can we say no to, to your beloved offering you chocolate or offering you some something precious or sweet? Or We should uh, have uh, gotten a canon lawyer for this episode because, I mean, like, talk about the paradoxes <laughs> because, like, how do you, you know, uh, how, do you, how do you thread this needle? Because as Carl is suggesting, like, so you got the, the fast going, uh, but I'm not, you know, I don't know the technicals and I'm not going to get into this. I'd have to look it up. But I mean, there's a St. Valentine's Day is a is a feast day. Right, so how did I, so because mm. it's a because it's a feast for a for a holy person. And so usually feast days you observe and I, I get confused because there's certain feast days that will trump certain fast days. I'm pretty sure this one doesn't get trumped, but I'm not yeah. exactly sure. Exactly. So again, because I'm not an expert in how that works, canon law-wise. So again, it feels. But everything that Carl says is interesting. I, well, I, I just I don't know what to say about this. Like you, you set this up, Cassidy, and talk about putting me into silence because paradox. There is too much to talk about here that I and I think, for me, this is the most pr- profound aspect of the of the of the the entire thing because mm-hmm. uh, paradox for me marks off so many different things first off i just would say when i hear the word paradox i automatically know that we've tread onto holy ground that mm. what what paradox is as is, is indicating is that language is definitely falling apart we've reached mm-hmm. a space that cannot be described it's the and as nicholas acusa uh said it's the coincidence of opposites so it's like where yes and no meet and they meet and they touch and they do not cross each other out. They do not cancel each other out. They somehow are held together in tension. And if you think about it, the entire silence is about this. You know, we've, we've already pointed out the paradox of this, but like all the wisdom or traditions all point to this. I mean, and, and each, so here we are, we're in the Christian, we're talking about assuming Christianity for a second because it's Lent. I mean, the entire Christian tradition is all paradox. Uh, Christ hmm. is fully human and fully divine. The, and what we've already talked about is God, Carl already mentioned, Carl, uh, God and, and divinity and dust. The whole point of the Christian teaching is to suggest that we're not supposed to look for the divinity in the highest, but in the lowest. Christ said, if you want to find me, I'm with the poor, I'm with the broken, I'm the hidden, I'm the quiet. You know, And yet he's the quiet, and yet he's the word. Uh, you know, I mean, it's like all over the place— is is nothing but paradox left and right. Jesus, and you, you get into Christ, you, the, all the theologians arguing, Jesus is fully human, fully divine. Does he have one nature or two natures? Does he have this? Does he have that? And it's constantly, every time you try to define paradox, just it doesn't happen, does not compute, does not compute. God is somehow Trinity and yet one. You know, mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah. one yeah. and yet not one. Uh, right. And so right. it's constantly in the Christian tradition. You see this in the Buddhist tradition. You see these in these different traditions that when you move toward silence, which is a way of engaging the world to know the world at a deep level, 
then language we know falls apart and it becomes paradoxical. So I love the fact that this year, um, you know, the, this, the, these kind of coincidence of opposites, a feast and a fast. And then the funniness of having at the end of the Christian, you know, the, the season of Lent and moving into Easter, to have Easter on an April Fool's was just, you know, the most profound, serious thing, and yet the celebration of foolishness and everything else. And I start thinking about uh, the, the wise one is a fool and the fool is a wise one. And I mean, there's all sorts of language in scripture that does that. So it's, it's interesting to me. And, I, and we've already mentioned in a past episode this idea of paradox is actually the doorway into silence, where we said the mm-hmm. idea of the mm-hmm. paradox of intention. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that yeah. if you attend, if you attempt to be silent, you're not going to be silent. You actually have to kind of let go, and silence comes on its own when when silence is ready. Uh, you attempt to, you cannot achieve it. You cannot achieve the goal. You have to drop the goal, and then when you drop the goal, you actually achieve what you want. Um, and and so it's it's really kind of an interesting, um, fascinating topic. And so I'm. I'm it pleases me to no end that, that this year you have the coincidence of opposites happening. Well, one other thought about the Ash Wednesday, Valentine's Day, is that God is love, mm-hmm. and Valentine is a, is a celebration of love. So there's a level on which Valentine's Day is the word, the word love. And then Ash Wednesday, with its emphasis on sacrifice and on fasting and, and almsgiving and, and dust and, and repentance and all that, that Ash Wednesday is the silence. So, so the paradox is almost a yin and a yang, kind of a Tao kind of a thing, where the word and the silence, they come together. It's like they've kissed yep. on this particular mm. day. Yep. Mm. So, so, there, so there's, there's a delightfulness about that. And, and something that I, I would say, you know, anybody who, who has any kind of interest in, in the traditional Lenten observation, uh, it's worth meditating on. It's worth reflecting about. And, um, you know, kind of, kind of like Kevin was, it was watching him smile as he was talking, you know, the, mm-hmm. the take a little bit of joy in the, in the paradox there. Right. So another thing that, is interesting on these holidays is of, of course there's you know there's some that that celebrate n- neither of these holidays yet i think that it's important i mean i think paradox is important in identity and and later down the road we'll certainly do uh an episode on on paradox the paradox of silence and this paradox of silence and even using language and metaphors to describe or define it but I love this, this quote from Parker Palmer in The Courage to Teach, exploring the inner landscape of a teacher's life. And he says, I want to learn how to hold the paradoxical poles of my identity together to embrace the profoundly opposite truths that my sense of self is deeply dependent on others dancing with me and that I still have a sense of self when no one wants to dance. Mm-hmm. And I just love that because... You know, it makes me think about these holidays as times where people are embracing a lot of loneliness, a lot of confusion. And of course, this is everyday life, too, for for some people, even including myself, including us on different Mm -hmm, days. mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think, you know, this this idea of paradox uh, certainly rolls over into our identities as well and how we 
how we navigate who we are and what we are. Exactly. Our conversation will return after this brief moment of silence. Please take a breath with us and join us for this 30 seconds of silence. It's interesting, too. I love how you pointed out to identity and to recognize how every year during every holiday season, whether it's Christmas or, you know, whatever holiday it is, you know, no matter what tradition or whatever, it's always I'm always brought up. I'm always reminded people will mention, hey, this is supposed to be a time of celebration, but there are people who will not celebrate this holiday. You know, they are depressed Mm -hmm. or they lost Mm -hmm. someone or this is supposed to be a celebration of family. They have no family. This is supposed to be a celebration of love. They're not, you know, they don't have that yet or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's always good to kind of, you know, to realize that what these are are not supposed to be achievements, these are these are moments mm. where that like rituals that we are supposed to turn and recognize. And I love how you said that, you know, quoting Parker Palmer, this idea of our de- our identity being so complex and so paradoxical that we are, you know, that it's it's it is possible to be happy in your sadness. You know, it is possible to be sad in your happiness that right. that there's no sense that, th- that these things cancel out. We are you've, you've cited a bunch of times the Walt Whitman. I am multitudes, you know, like that. Yes. Is, yes. Do I contradict myself very well then? I contradict myself. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, and that's exactly it. That's who we are as human beings. Yeah. I mean, you even yeah. you in the Christian tradition, it's there, too. I, the, the great saying of Martin Luther, simultaneously saint and sinner, you know, like you're mm-hmm. you, that you are somehow both that you know that this idea that sin you, you if you're going to go back to lent and we're about a fasting it's a it's a preparation an ascetic kind of practice that allows you to turn and actually learn to be still learn to be silent so that the word mm-hmm. can be heard and that you're open to receive god and sinfulness stops us from that you know there's a weird kind of approach to sin that we've talked about in the church for the last two or 300 years that sounds so legalistic and, and checking boxes, whether you're doing right or wrong, when ultimately sin, it, it means missing the mark. And it's, it's about, it's getting caught up in your false, like a false identity or limited mm-hmm. identity, maybe is not so much false, but a limited identity saying I'm only yes, or I'm only yeah. no, mm. you're not. And that that's the, that's where you break off. And that's, that's sinfulness in that sense. So sure, I am not perfect and I do a lot of broken things, but that's not all of me. You know, there's more to me. And so the di- dust that is destined for divinity, there's more here. Stop holding on to the dust. It's not just mm-hmm. dust. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just divinity either. So, yeah. Um, Cassidy, I'd like to go back to your point about that a holiday like St. Valentine's Day is not always necessarily a happy thing for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, a friend of mine died suddenly just a week and a half ago. And, you know, and so her 
her husband and, you know, they were even after, I don't know, 28 years, they were just still silly in love. You know, of course, he's totally devastated. And I can only imagine for him what the 14th is going to be like. And, and they, they're neo-pagans. They don't practice Christianity. So there's mm-hmm. no Ash Wednesday for them. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully mm-hmm. he'll, he'll be able to frame it in whatever way he can. But, but the reality is, is that St. Valentine's Day has transcended its, you know, origins as a Christian holy day and has become this kind of secular holiday. And, um, and so many people, you know, they only experience that part of the paradox. Right. But then what you've described is this kind of internal paradox. I just, you know, I just lost somebody or I just had a, had a breakup or, or, or somebody whose marriage is in trouble or so many reasons where this day can suddenly be a day of pain rather than a day of celebration. And as we know, I mean, we, you know, we did an episode on surviving the holidays back at Christmas time. I mean, the reality is, is that every holiday can have this kind of, kind of shadow side. But I'll tell you what's, I'm being long-winded here, but let me get to my point. What's, what's interesting about this confluence of Ash Wednesday and, and St. Valentine's Day is that I think, and again, coming out of the Catholic tradition and the Cistercian tradition with this idea that this is a fasting day and it's a day of self-denial and all of that kind of re- rhetoric, it's easy, for me at least, it's easy to see Ash Wednesday as kind of a downer. Like, mm. oh, here comes Ash Wednesday. You know, all mm. I'm going to eat are bread and w- water. And since I don't do gluten, that means I'm just drinking a lot of water, you know, <laughs> or whatever. But, but, you know, it's like recognize kind of, I think Kevin said it, you know, that there can be joy in the sadness, just like there can be sadness in the joy. Mm-hmm. That there's something about a day like Ash Wednesday that offers hospitality to people who are grieving or to mm. people who are sad or to people who are struggling with with a sense of shame. You know, somebody who's just brand new into recovery and they've yeah. had to face the fact that their lives are out of control because of this or that addiction, whatever the situation might be. Mm-hmm. And that so paradoxically, there's this hospitality that this austere kind of empty day, this silent, this day of silence offers that and again, to, to, to push the paradox all the way, is its own type of love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not, it's not the, the, the chocolates and the flowers and the little red hearts kind of a love, the cupids, you know, doing their thing, which I'm all for that. But, but it's this love that says it's okay to be silent. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to, to be lonely. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be angry. All of that is just part of this, what we call the human condition. And this is a day where we can just kind of wallow in that, as it were. Yeah, we live in a society that does not make room or allow permission for the solemn, the solemnness that the, that so many people face. And it's almost a, you know, a permissible time to encounter that. And, and I never think that that's something that would, you know, be done in vain, regardless of people's beliefs and whatnot. I think it's a beautiful thing that, that Ash Wednesday does make room, like you say, um, for a hospitality towards those who are aching and wounded and suffering, knowingly or unknowingly. Yeah, I, and I want to push the, 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 the paradox even further, because um, uh, 
Carl is talking about fasting and I think if we want to, and, and I think the conversation that you just, what you just said, Cassidy, I think what we can see is that it's an actual doorway in. And in fact, one way we could say we approach Ash Wednesday like, oh, it's going to be a fast. Uh, I actually, to be honest with you, I was thinking about this because Carl just said, oh, I approach this as a fast. And I was like pulled up short. I mean, yes, it's a fast according to the church, but like when I hear the word fast because of paradox, I actually automatically in my head think feast. <laughs> so, so the whole point is you fast. We fast all the time. We, have, we make ourselves basically the center of our lives is us. We're self-centered. I mean, it's just naturally what we do. Like, it's my goals, my achievements. I live mm-hmm. my life. I'm doing these things. And it's actually, in the Christian tradition, it's in our weakness that is our true strength. So when mm-hmm. you mourn, that's a mm-hmm. doorway open to, like, where you drop being in control. You're no longer the center mm-hmm. of the universe. And mm-hmm. you know long- there's freedom. There's freedom there. You're, yeah. like, just devastated. You're like, oh, my God, I lost somebody I love, and I'm just mourning. And there's nothing—I don't feel like there's any—and you just drop. You're just there. Just there. Yeah. And that's the opportunity when grace can happen, where the door is open and God can come in. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's when silence comes in. So what you're doing is, no, most of the time, what we call feasting, because, oh, it's all about, ooh, I love my chocolate, and I'm doing my thing— that's mm-hmm. really a fasting because you're not mm. feeding on the divine. Mm. Th- then, like, so now let's not eat the chocolate. Let's not be self-focused. Let's forget self. Let's drop self. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you are <clears throat> you are actually feasting on the divine. So, you know, it's so that's the paradox is what it feels to the ego. A fast feels like a fast. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. like once you walk through the door, a fast feels like a feast, you know. So that's like it's it's like Alice in Wonderland. It flips on its head, you know. <laughs> and that, and so and so and then times we think our feasts are actually fasts, and it's kind of like a hall of mirrors. They constantly are flowing in and out because we're not in any. It's not like all of a sudden we're all holy and then you know like oh everything all my fasts are feasts. No, we. <laughs> we it's Henry Nowen constantly points that we're in and out of loneliness all the time. It's not, yeah. <laughs> so it, it, so that makes total sense to me, and it's it's lovely to hear, and to actually think that that doorway of mourning and to give permission. Hey, mourn because. When you're weak, that's when the strength can actually come through. It's uh, what's that Leonard Cohen? You know, the song is everything's broken, but the it's it's through mm. the cracks. Everything's cracked because through the cracks the light enters. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And so that's that that kind of idea. I'd like to share something that you can find online, but my wife pointed it out to me last night, and and I'm going to share it with my my students at church. And so I just want to read it real quick, and it's Pope Francis's recommendations for Lenten fast. Oh, those are spectacular. Mm. Yeah. He says, fast from hurting words and say kind words. Fast from sadness and be filled with gratitude. Fast from anger and be filled with patience. Fast from pessimism and be filled with hope. Fast from worries and trust in God. Fast from complaints and contemplate simplicity. Fast from pressures and be prayerful. Fast from bitterness and fill your heart with joy. Fast from selfishness 
and be compassionate to others. Fast from grudges and be reconciled. Fast from words and be silent so that you may listen. Mm. Yes. It's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you, Carl. But there's also, well, thank you, Pope Francis, but there's also paradox (laughs) and all of that, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So along with that, um, as we're closing up this conversation, I am curious about um, if you guys have any planned or desired, perhaps, uh, Lenten practices this year and how you are planning on meeting God in the desert, so to speak. Mine, for instance, is quite a modern day experiment, but I'm really hopeful to develop the practice of letting go of some technology in my life. And I find that I will immediately go to my cell phone in the morning and it's typically one of the last things I do at night. And so I'd like to create some time and space um, where I'm not doing that right away on either end of the day. And you know, whether that's giving that time to prayer or silence or whatever it is, that's, that's what I hope to do. So uh, how about you guys? Well, that's really good. Um, it's funny that you raise that. This this Lent, I've kind of been thinking about it for weeks, that I'm taking it very seriously, more than usual, and that this uh, I feel like I need to really dial in the place I am in my life. It's, it's time to dial in some things. So I am going to be a little more rigid or dutiful, I should say, for myself uh, uh, to take the practice really seriously. And, and it's funny you say that. Part of one of my exercises is going to be that exact thing. I, it mm. is one of the first things I do is check my phone both in the morning and the evening, and I'm not going to do that. And then I'm also going to be spending increasing my silent time and spending some more time outside in quiet. And, and I'm also going to be doing some particular fasting practices that'll kind, that are purposely designed to kind of remind myself of a letting go and kind of a just resting and being present to the world in a deeper way to confront some things that I think need to be confronted at this time of year. So it's great. Thank you. I, I think for me, and again, just kind of playing off of the Pope Francis list, the one that, that really speaks to me is the fast from worries and trust in God mm. to, you know, to just open my heart to to continue, because this isn't just something I'm beginning on Ash Wednesday, but this is an ongoing thing, but mm. really to be intentional about cultivating that 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 trust, which literally does mean, you know, letting go of the worries as they arise, letting them arise and then letting mm. them go. Yeah. I think in terms in terms of a discipline, I'm I'm gonna cop out on the on the technology bit, but but cultivating intentional silence in the evening has mm. been uh, something that's been on my mind a lot. And so it's like, hey, let's do a 40-day experiment and see where it goes. Right. So, mm. um, so that's, yeah. that's my... I, so. I love Great. that. you. I'm glad you framed it that way too, Carl, because that's, that's the word I'm using in my head is experiment. Rather than getting so, you know, Lucy... I used the word rigid before, but rather than getting so ups, upset about it, it's let's experiment and play around with this a little bit is, is a nice attitude of like, let's, let's see. It, it, it might flub, but let's, let's give it a go. Yeah. So, and and during this time period, don't forget to check out EncounteringSilence.com for our show notes. There, you'll find all the resources for any of the books or poems we may have mentioned today, including some we may have not mentioned, like T.S. Eliot's poem on Ash Wednesday, and our very own Carl McCollman's book, The Big Book of Christian Mysticism, The Essential Guide to Contemplative Spirituality, which includes a chapter on paradox. 
And as always, no matter your spiritual practice, for the holidays you do or don't observe, we'd be thrilled to hear from you about any practices, experiments, or thoughts you might have about silence, paradox, or anything. You can catch us for questions and conversation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Encountering Silence podcast. If you enjoy our ongoing conversations about the beauty of silence and its meaning in our lives, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or at our website, EncounteringSilence.com. You can subscribe to our email list at our website, connect with us on social media, on Twitter at Silence Podcast, or on Facebook at Encountering Silence. And please visit patreon.com slash encountering silence. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash encountering silence to become a patron of this podcast. Your financial support will allow us to continue creating new episodes and spreading the message of how vital silence is to our social, spiritual, and physical well-being. Thank you.